The Bill Myers Show podcast is sponsored by Clouser Drilling. They've been leading the way in Southern Oregon well drilling for over 50 years. Find out more about them at clouserdrilling.com. Bill Meyer. Delighted that you are here. Find your phone Friday, 770-5633 to join in, join the conversation. And we have some open phone time for right now. 710 segment will also have some open uh, phones. But uh, we're going to be talking with Rick Manning, the uh, Swamp Update, D.C. Swamp Update here. By the way, I will be here on Monday, even though it's President's Day. I'll be working. I'll be awake at it. And uh, just uh, continuing to do our regular show as normal. So just so you know, just want to make sure no changes uh, for Monday. Although uh, everybody else most likely in government employee will be uh, off. And, of course, uh, schools will be off. And the banks will be closed. And the stock markets will be closed, et cetera, et cetera. But I will be here, okay, because I love you. Well, you know. Well, it's a good friendship, I hope. Uh, anyway, to uh, join the conversation, seven seven zero five six three three. Yesterday, it was uh, both my mother's birthday and my wife Linda's birthday. So it's kind of the weirdest thing, you know. At least I'm one guy out there who never has to worry about uh, you know about forgetting either his wife or his mother's birthday. You know, it's a bad thing to do. So uh, February fifteenth for both of them, and uh, Linda ended up uh, going out and getting a. Nice massage. We'll go out to dinner tonight and do something like that. It's when we're actually going to celebrate because during the week is just too difficult with the work schedule. And uh, my mother has made it to 84 and is just uh, perking along, perking along just fine. And I, I got to tell you, it's uh, it's really, yeah, I know we need we all need more uh, maintenance. And yet she's probably listening right now. So I just want to say that I didn't mention uh, happy birthday to my mother yesterday. And yet she's listening. Every morning. I said happy birthday to Linda, and Linda, you know, she sleeps till maybe 7 or 7.30 and pops in. Depends on when the cats scratch on the bedroom door. But uh, anyway, it's great to have, uh, you know, day after Valentine's Day birthdays in there. So everybody's fine, and uh, thank you for the birthday wishes that uh, people gave to, to Linda. And my mother's not really on Facebook and stuff like that, but we'll wish her happy birthday, too. All right. I paid my uh, power bill yesterday, my Pacific power bill. And I ended up uh, getting a news release from Pacific Power, and I talked about this on the uh, promo for the show today. And we are going to be in for quite a ride over the next few months. When I say we, I mean all of us, because we all get up getting power from Pacific Power around here for the most part. I know, yeah, I know there's uh, individual utility in uh, in Ashland, right, or public utility, but they, they're still contracting for power with Pacific Power. And... This is the news from Pacific Power. Pacific Power files 2025 Oregon rate proposals. Pacific Power filed a general rate increase in a transition. Now, by the way, I wanted to make sure that you knew that you already are paying 13% more for your power right now, this year, at the start of the year, than you were last year. They raised it about 13%. Now, they want to do a combined rate action about 17, 16.9% rate adjustment in 2025. So a year from now, it'll be 17% more than you're paying right now. And this would continue supported investments in wildfire risk management strategies, transmission infrastructure, and renewable generation projects. They say the average residential customer with typical energy usage would see an increase of about $29.47 per month. By the way, that's like $360 a year. That's real money. 
Matt McVie, vice president, uh, president of regulatory policy, says, Through careful stewardship on behalf of our customers, we have delivered safe, reliable, and affordable service at prices that are well below the national average. While our essential operating costs remain low, extreme weather events and increased wildfire risks are impacting all households and businesses, raising the cost of providing our essential services. I'll translate that to a little bit of PR speak, and that means that, okay, you whine at us if we shut the power off, we leave the power on, and it touches off wildfires, and you sue us out of existence. That's essentially what happens in our litigious world, okay? Anyway, uh, Matt continues here. We remain steadfast in our commitment to our customers and our communities. We'll continue to seek new ways to reduce impacts to customers' bills while making critical investments in the West's energy grid. Now, this is as Oregon policy and California policy and Washington policy is all about, well, destabilizing the grid. In other words, Pacific Power is going to tell you we're we're investing in the grid while everything we do is essentially in reaction to the destabilizing influences that state policy is having on the grid. As an example, when you get rid of good, steady coal power, or you rip out dams that have hydroelectric power uh, connected with them that are very steady, that you can depend on, that can be cranked up anytime you want, that will deliver power when you need it rather than when Mother Nature deigns to provide. You know, that kind of thing. And so key factors driving the rate request. Now, remember, they want to boost your rate again, 17% next year. Trans- transmission infrastructure investments. Okay, Oh, including the integration of new renewable resources to serve growing customer needs. Well, the integration. In other words, trying to figure out how to make intermittent and chaotic solar and wind do the work of coal. Which means they probably have to build two or three or four times as much intermittent solar and, uh, and wind in order to make up for coal, which would be very steady. You know, that kind of thing. They're not going to say that, though, because... Governor Kotek would be angry. Continued investments in low-cost renewable energy resources. All right. Let's just look at the... Does that even make common sense? Now, remember, the guy from Pacific Power is saying that we're having to raise your rate 16.9%, another 17% next year. And one of the reasons is because we need to have continued investment in low-cost renewable energy resources. So the energy resources, the solar and the wind, it's so inexpensive that we have to raise your rate. That's what they ask you to believe. (laughs) Isn't that really what they're saying? Well, I got to tell you that um, all that renewable power, that uh, blue sky power that uh, you idiot liberals have been buying out there and intentionally overpaying, well, we're going to make sure that everybody else has to pay for more of that, too. And it is so cheap. It is so inexpensive. We have to raise your rate 17%. God bless America. The cost of capital to finance utility operations. Okay, now that does make sense. Higher interest rates means that they have to charge you more for the money that they do bother, uh, borrow. rather, And wildfire risk management. So I get it. Uh, you know, increasing costs for them, increasing costs for everybody else. I understand this, but uh, a lot of that increasing cost is also due to state policy. So I took a look at my uh, my energy bill. I'm an all-electric house. We bought the house. It was all electric then. 
And let's see. I wonder if I could become a, cro- a carbon criminal and just uh, get natural gas and put, put some of it in there just to spite the state. I don't know. So my uh, electric bill this month, or the, the latest electric bill, and it was uh, a little warmer this month than last year, so it was uh, a little less. Uh, actually, it did cost more than last year because electricity was cheaper last year. So I had 1,026 total kilowatt hours used, and it's about 15.7 cents per kilowatt hour total. All right. And let's see, a year ago, it was 12.4 cents a kilowatt hour, and I used 1,351 because it was a little colder that month. So I took the existing, the the amount of energy that I used this month, the, the latest bill from Pacific Power, and I plugged it in to what it was, what it would have been the equivalent a year ago what it is today, and what it's going to be tomorrow. So I took my same 1,026 kilowatts that I've used over the last uh, few days here, the last month or so, and um, let's see. In 2023, what I used in... Okay, my bill in 2024, by the way, is $159. So 159 bucks I had to send to Pacific Power. Fine. The same equivalent energy a year ago was $128. Yep, $128. So I went from $128 to $159. Now, with the increase that they want for next year, it would go from $159 to $187 for the same amount of energy. So, yeah, this is what we get with uh, wildfire uh, mitigation and all this renewable energy that is so cheap that we have to keep raising your power rates. So the same amount of energy, 2023... 2023's power bill, 128, the equivalent, 159 this year, and $187 next year. Man, I'll tell you, you got to love the progressive sustainability agenda. I can't help but wonder what our friends over at Southern Oregon Climate Action Now are thinking. They're They're probably applauding. Yay! It's going up! It's going up! It's going up. Carbon is going away. We'll be saved. We'll freeze in the winter and broil in the summer. But we'll be saved. (laughs) Now then, this is why now you're going to be seeing the really big push for time of use. And that's what the smart meter agenda was all about. And Pacific Power, by the way, did not want to go there, but the state forced their hand. The only way you're going to be able to probably uh, keep the grid on is to charge people lots of money when you're having trouble keeping power on our grid. And right now, that's like 5 o'clock till about 9 o'clock at night. That's when everybody wants to, oh, cook dinner, do dishes, wash clothes, things like that. And so uh, watch for the additional uh, stuff coming in your bill talking about, Oh, you're getting screwed when your power was one was a hundred and twenty eight dollars bill in twenty twenty three, a hundred and fifty nine in twenty twenty four, and now we want it to be close to hundred and ninety dollars in twenty twenty five. Well, let's go with time of use with your smart meter. We'll charge you less at nighttime, so you need to eat dinner at night, like in the middle of the night. Uh, lunch needs to be done early morning. And maybe, uh, you know, a little bit of stuff earlier, you know, you just need to adjust your lifestyle a little bit. 
Yeah, you'll be seeing more of that kind of propaganda coming out of the uh, Public Utility Commission's policies working their way up through Pacific Power. So I'm not completely blaming Pacific Power. They're going to do essentially what uh, Governor Kotek and the Progs and the uh, the progressives in control of this state, this poor state right now, they do what they're told. They have to. That's the way that works. Now, public input on this uh, power rate increase? Yeah, maybe we can do something about that. 17.9%, does that sound reasonable for next year? So that we can have so much of that renewable power, which is so cheap that they have to raise our rate 17.9%. Both can't be true. This is the Bill Myers Show, and you're on KMED and KCMD. Oregon Truck and Auto Authority is your Linex bedliner source. Linex is the number one rated spray-on bedliner in the world, backed with a nationwide lifetime warranty. Don't just protect it, Linex it. Oregon Truck and Auto Authority, your one-stop accessory and protection shop. Hi, this is Megan at Mini Pet Mart. Over the last seven years, Mini Pet Mart and its customers have raised nearly a quarter million dollars for St. Jude Children's Research Hospital to further their mission of finding cures for childhood cancer. We're excited again to be the title sponsor of the St. Jude Country Cares for Kids Radiothon on Q100.3 on Thursday and Friday, February 29th and March 1st. Because we know how precious your children and grandchildren are to you because they are to us too. So please stop by any mini Pet Mart or News and Smokes, plus M Street Market and the Market in Delhi and Grants Pass, and make a donation now through March 1st. We'll put your name on a St. Jude pinup, display it in our store, and match all donations up to $40,000. Mini Pet Mart thanks you for supporting our stores and for supporting St. Jude Children's Research Hospital, where no family ever receives a bill for travel, food, lodging, and medical care. With all of our help, they are finding cures and saving children, and they won't stop until no child dies of cancer. Don't miss the Southern Oregon Polar Punch for Special Olympics and your chance to step out of your comfort zone to benefit youth and adults with disabilities. Get your team together and jump into an unheated outdoor pool, all for a great cause. It's cold enough. Are you bold enough? Your support provides athletes with access to sports, activities, wellness programs, community, and much more. Join us Saturday, March 2nd. The fun starts at 11 a.m. at the Rogue Valley Country Club in Medford. Register your team, volunteer, or skip the dip and donate at plungeoregon.org. Taxes are hard, and calling Pat Hurley is easy at 774-1040. He's a former Internal Revenue agent and is licensed as an Oregon tax consultant and enrolled agent. He's your friendly tax professional at 774-1040. Hi, I'm Matt Stone, owner of Stone Heating and Air, and I'm on 106.3 KMED. 627. Pacific Power, after raising your rates about 13% this year, wants to go to 17%, roughly speaking. And I uh, did a quick uh, estimate on my bill. Now, there's a little bit of room for some squishiness on my numbers, but uh, I just took the overall cost per kilowatt hour. And and I take my bill and I divide it by the total amount. Now, that also includes the public thing, the public purpose charges, and the City of Medford franchise fees and, and everything else there. And uh, and then said, okay, so we were like 12 and a half cents a kilowatt a kilowatt hour a year ago. Now we're at like 15.4. Now they want to make it about 18, you know, next year. And Pacific Power guy is saying, well, at least we're, uh, you know, we're, we're cheaper than the other ones. Uh, we're, we're still less expensive. And they're right about that because California has completely, has completely screwed 
its population. No doubt about that. But that is um, that is little comfort. <laughs> and Tom's in talent. Hello, Tom. How you doing? What do you think about this? Oh, gee. Uh, you know, it's uh, all this is based on uh, you know the uh, demonization of carbon and uh, yep. the, the global warming and all of that nonsense. And let me ask you then, Tom, who has been out there? Neat demonizing carbon and actual natural gas and, and energy sources that actually work and can be used on demand. Well, for a real couple good examples is Pam Marsh and Jeff Golden. Yep. Pam Marsh specifically said, uh, you know, the real reason I became a representative, I was very concerned about global warming. Mm-hmm. And so uh, that's why I decided to run for elected office and so forth. And the the real problem here is that we don't really have good information about what's going on with global warming. We got the Rogue Valley Times uh, never misses a chance to uh, uh, do the fear mongering and oh, it, it, oh, they're basically propaganda rags. All of them, most of the mainstream papers and, and outlets around here. I get that. You know, we we get that. And yeah, you're not going to see much uh, critical reporting on this one. But uh, is anyone going to actually look at the point of view, the positions of people like Representative Pam Marsh, Senator Jeff Golden, uh, Governor Tina Kotek, Governor Brown, past Governor Brown that uh, put in this? Are, are they going to come up with some kind of, uh, of, uh, of canard like, well, it's that greedy corporation? What do you You're think? really bringing up the whole issue of mind control and mm-hmm. – uh, you know, uh, I feel like I'm living in uh, an idiocracy. Yeah. Uh, people are so easily brainwashed, and, 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 you know, you can't make any good decisions if you have lousy information. Well, we're trying to give better information we really don't here. don't know what's going on. Yeah, we're trying to give better information here for that reason. Now, uh, I, I do find it interesting that the same, uh, the same progressive politicians, or prog, I call them, they call themselves progressive. I think of them more as, uh, you know, communist I, yeah, Communist well, lights that are like Marxist, at, Marxist at the very name, uh, Marxists. In other words, a combination of Marxist and narcissist. Uh, okay, uh, but anyway, in all, in all seriousness, though, they will uh, the same people that are uh, saying that you have to go from like at me paying one hundred twenty eight dollars for power and and going up to one hundred eighty seven dollars a month for Pacific Power, the same amount of energy next year under the guise of saving the planet and uh, are the same people that will then call Pacific Power greedy, but then they're the same people that are thrilled to give Warren Buffett essentially a pass on blowing out the Klamath River dams. You know, hey, we'll take on we'll take on the expense as you make this into a super fun site, essentially. Don't you find that interesting? Well, interesting is hardly the word for it. I find it disgusting. I mean, um, just the level of inability to look at things and think about it from a sensible, practical point of view is just, just to me, astounding. And I, I don't know how we're going to bust through this uh, this mass brainwashing that people have. Well, maybe it'll have to take mass power outages, which they predict here more often because of the renewable push in Oregon and out in the well, West Coast. Yeah, 
yeah, you might have a point there. Yeah, when we start turning into South Africa and Australia, that routinely, you know, the power just goes off. Well, I'm sorry, but they'll call it load shedding, and your smart meter will will shut things off. You know, that kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll end up, you know, having four hours of uh, electricity per day, and good luck for the rest of it. You know, um, I was reading a very good scientific article about even if the carbon dioxide was doubled. It wouldn't even raise uh, the uh, temperature of the globe one degree. Of course, it, of course, it wouldn't, because carbon dioxide is provably a lagging indicator. It gets warm, carbon dioxide rises. That's a right. lot of it. So the whole thing's true. I know, I know. But you see, you have to keep you have to keep going after him, Tom. And I know that you keep going after the Royal Gallic Times for that. And I give you, by the way, I'm going to give you a real American salute for continuing to say, hey. You need to uh, let more than just your uh, church leaders have a talk on the uh, newspaper, okay? Thanks for the call. Let me go to line two before I got Rick's going to be joining me here in a couple of minutes. Hi, who's this? Good morning. Dave. Yeah, Dave, can't hear you. Your phone's out. Sorry. It's, uh, yeah, I'm not even going to bother with a bad phone right now. We'll, we'll try a little bit later, okay? Uh, 633, and let me go to line one again. Hi, KMED, KCMD. Hello? Show? Okay, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I just want wanted to let Bill know he's doing all that math. He forgot to figure out uh, we have it all covered uh, with with us on Social Security because we got to raise. Uh, I got a raise of thirty dollars, so that bill will be like all paid for. See? Oh, okay. So you you got a raise on your Social Security. Uh, but you're also your Medicare went up too, though, didn't it? Are you sure you have more to pay it, the Pacific Power Bill? Well, I won't have quite enough to pay my power bill, but but almost. So that's a real good deal. The way, well, my dad always said, "Figures don't lie, but liars sure figure." You see, so oh, What do you do? You honestly think though you're going to be better off with your raise in Social Security, or are you just having fun with me? <laughs> I'm just messing with you. I thought you were okay. Yeah, in All other right. in other words, big sarcasm, right? Lots yeah. and lots of sarcasm. I appreciate the call. Thanks for that. Yeah. Rick Manning joins me here in a couple of minutes. Looking forward to the DC Swamp update. Fonnie Willis and all the rest of it. We'll uh, kick it around next. Um. That's what you'll be shouting once you visit Artisan Bakery Cafe. This family-owned and operated team is delighted to serve you their best of the best delights every day. From bagels to assorted breakfast croissants to signature sandwiches, delicious salads, soups, and fresh bacon. Hi, Rick. Just wanted to say see you there. Looking good. At a time. Stop by and meet the family. Catering available for gatherings, events, and special occasions. Order on DoorDash or stop by 1325 Center Drive across from South Fred Meyer. Bicoastal Media's Best of Southern Oregon magazine is online at bestofsouthernoregon.com. Find the winners in nearly 200 categories by flipping through the magazine online or sort by category and discover Southern Oregon's best suppliers of goods and services like Southern Oregon's Wellness Clinic, Rosario's, Shreve Insurance, and Kelly's Appliance. Congratulations to all the award winners from Bicoastal Media, publishers of Best of Southern Oregon. Nominations for 2024 to 2025 starts in spring. Visit bestofsouthernoregon.com. News sponsored by Caveman Heating and Air. It's the climate and we control it. Call Caveman Heating and Air at 541-476-0009 or cavemanheating.com. Good morning. I'm Molly Smith with your NBC5 morning news update. 
During Medford City Council meeting yesterday, council members unanimously voted in favor of the funding for the new Rogue X sculpture. Last night's approval allows for the sculpture project to transition from the conceptual design phase into the production and installation phase. Medford Parks and Recreation Director Rich Rosenthal says the city has consistently supported art projects like these throughout the years. Many council members agree that having this installation for Rogue X is a great addition for the city. The project is in collaboration with local artist Melissa Gillieri, who has done other city projects in the past. Now that the project has been approved by the city, the installation is planned to be completed by this summer. And next week is the deadline for all Oregon students to be up to date on their vaccines if they want to keep attending school. Oregon Health Authority requires all children attending school or daycare to be up to date with their vaccine records by February 21st. Jackson County Public Health's Tanya Phillips says families do have options if they can't get their children up to date in time. Public Health does offer school immunizations by appointment or walk-in at the Medford office. A COVID-19 vaccine is not required for kids. For more information, go to Jackson County Public Health's website. And for local news anytime, head to our website, kobi5.com. That was a look at your morning headlines. For NBC5 News, I'm Molly Smith. With so many working and doing business from home, it's good to know there's a community business center to help. A Street Print and Parcel is a one-stop shop for everything from large format printing and scanning to blueprints, architectural plans, and shipping. Their Studio 10 expansion offers passport photos, photo mounting, fine art scanning, art reproductions, signs and banners, negative and slide scanning, canvas prints, and so much more. Located in Ashland on A Street across from Ashland Hardware. Their motto, we create it, print it, pack it, and ship it. A Street Print and Parcel and Studio 10. If you're searching for a property with a well, don't make a decision without a well flow test from Siskiyou Pump Service. Well flow testing is necessary in assessing the performance and reliability of the system. Real estate lenders often require flow validation to ensure it meets their criteria. Siskiyou Pump Service, with over a half century of dedicated service in Southern Oregon, are your go-to experts for a comprehensive well flow test that provides crucial insights into capacity, yield, and functionality. Visit SiskiyouPump.com. This is the Bill Myers Show on 106.3 KMET and 99.3 KCMD. This is the craziest party that could ever be. Craziest party, and it gets crazier every week, but God love him. Rick Manning, President of Americans for Limited Government, is out there in the good fight in the D.C. Swamp. How are you doing this morning, Rick? Welcome back. I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing okay. It's, like I said, crazy world. Uh, we had 13% power increase this year, and Pacific Power wants uh, 17% next year. And, of course, a whole lot of it is due to uh, state policy but I'm sure the uh, you like the governor and our uh, Democratic uh, state people are going to be saying, well, it's because of the greedy corporation. No, it's not about renewable portfolio standards. It's never about that. It's not about blowing up dams. It's not about, uh, you know, uh, making sure that uh, you put intermittent and chaotic renewables in place of stuff that actually worked and was steady. It's never that. It's never that. It'll, it'll probably be a greedy corporation. I, I figure it's going to be happening over the next year or so. As they talk about that, what do you think, huh, Rick? Rick, did they cut you off? Rick, I'm going to call you. Hang on, just a second. This is the second week in a row we've had some trouble there with the uh, Skype thing. Hang on, just a second, folks. We'll get Rick on here. 
Rick, you still there? Okay. I am. Oh, okay. Are you not hearing me? Just curious. I, I can hear you fine. I don't know why you couldn't hear me. Oh, okay. All right. I was just telling you about all the wonderful energy policy that's. Uh, that... I, I heard all about it, and okay. I was responding. I was responding eloquently, and then uh, you couldn't hear me. Oh, okay. Well, respond eloquently again. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I, my my normal articulate eloquence. Um, the uh, I, I that's a joke. I I know. In college, I had a guy, and I don't know. Are we on the air? Yes, we are on the air. Oh, okay. I mean, I won't tell you the call story. Um, the, um, yeah, it always is the regular, you know, politicians never want to take, uh, shall we say, uh, um, responsibility for the for their actions. Um, environmental groups never want to take responsibility for their actions. Um, they always want to point, they then, they create a problem and then they seek to solve it. Um, and, you know, the so solution is always more of the things that created the problem. So, yeah, it's going to be the greedy corporations and the need to um, accelerate the um, renewables in order to meet the needs. So long as the renewables are not disfavored renewables like the the first and most reliable renewable, which is dams. and Oh, yeah. Like yeah. That. Hydroelectric. That's bad because, uh, uh, you know, about fish, magic fish, we have to take care of the fish. But at the same time, they won't uh, buy like a whoosh salmon cannon from uh, whoosh enterprises out of Seattle and blast salmon over the uh, dam safely. It's never about that. They just hate the dams. It's really about a deindustrializing, and I'm not sure that the country is going to survive this push for deindustrializing. I hope I'm wrong about that, but uh, you know, how do you see that playing out? We have lost you again, Rick. Rick, I'm going to call you on the cell phone. Let me take a break, and I'll be right back. We'll get you on the cell phone. I want to get you that way, okay? Hang on. If you're getting ready for a winter road trip, click on the travel report on KMED.com. You'll find the latest road conditions, road cams, and gas prices all over our region. Be prepared with a travel report on KMED.com. Sponsored by Lithia Body and Paint on Bullock Road in Medford. February is for sweethearts and sweet savings on a new Ford at Butler Ford in Ashland. Joel here, and nothing says I love you like a brand new truck in your driveway, especially when you can finance a new Ford F-150 at the low, low rate of 1.9% for 72 months. And here's another sweet low rate deal, your choice of Ford Escape or Ford Edge with 0% financing for 60 months. Come to Ashland for low rates, 1.9% financing on Ford F-150s, 0% financing on Ford Escapes and Edges. That's how Ford's cost less in Ashland. Remember, Butler says yes to 0% financing. Butler says yes to bigger discounts and rebates. Butler says yes to giving you more for your trade. Butler Ford and Truck Center, just 12 short minutes south of Medford, right off of exit 19, where we've got your truck, your SUV, and certified pre-owned. Looking for a quality used car, truck, or SUV? Start your search at butlerpreownedsupercenter.com. That's butlerpreownedsupercenter.com. 60-monthly payments at 1667 per thousand finance and 72-monthly payments at 1471 per thousand finance on approved credit through Ford Credit Financing. Offer ends 229-24. Don't miss the Southern Oregon Polar Plunge for Special Olympics and your chance to step out of your comfort zone to benefit youth and adults with disabilities. Get your team together and jump into an unheated outdoor pool, all for a great cause. It's cold enough. Are you bold enough? Your support provides athletes with access to sports, activities, wellness programs, community, and much more. Join us Saturday, March 2nd. The fun starts at 11 a.m. at the Rogue Valley Country Club in Medford. Register your team, volunteer, or skip the dip and donate at PlungeOregon.org. Coming up on the next Hughes Lumber. When two by fours get together, only one thing can happen. Walls get built. 
Check out the studs, followed by contractors and do-it-yourselfers, featuring lumber, hardware, and siding. Starring decks, additions, and ADUs. It's the return of home enhancements. But watch out for that naughty pine. Get the best build for your buck values at Hughes Lumber, your top show for quality, price, selection, service. So don't miss Hughes Lumber on Crater Lake Highway next to Garrison's. 106.3 KMED, 99.3 KCMD, and this is the Bill Myers Show. Talking about big power increases, the deindustrializing of the Pacific Northwest and the West Coast. I'm back with Rick Manning. We just got him on the cell phone. We're going old school cell phone, okay? And uh, listener Bob just uh, wrote me this morning, uh, just a moment ago, uh, uh, Rick, after what we were talking about. He says that, uh, well, what we have to do is just become nocturnal and save energy that way, except that uh, the the power world wants us to actually live only in the morning, I think between uh, 8 a.m. and maybe 4 p.m., while the sun's best. I think that's, you know, the plan for us right now. Well, we may all get, you know, kind of um, given four-hour blocks of time when we're allowed to use power. Yeah. You know, that'll, that'll solve it. But most of those four-hour blocks will have to when the sun is up or when the wind is, wind is blowing. Yeah, and we used to laugh yeah. about, uh, or not laugh about it, but uh, note what would happen in the third world, right? You'd go to South Africa, and the power goes off. you go to uh, Chile, and it would go off and on, you know, that sort of thing, and, and, and places in South America. And it's just kind of a normal, you know, aspect of living. But you happen to notice that they don't become big industrial powerhouses and have lots of stuff going on. When you have a power grid that way, right? Well, that's the, you know one of the critical aspects of what the environmentalists are doing around the world is, you know, we talk about locally, but um, one of the things they've been doing for years is paying third world dictators with U.S. tax dollars, by the way, through the U.N., um, billions of dollars to not electrify their countries. Um, the electrification of countries is a and steady electrification, dependable electrification, is critical to economic uh, growth and getting out of a subsistence economy. So essentially the environmentalists want to keep the third world poor, and then the third world poor then crawl over the border illegally here in the United States of well, America, right? They, hmm. they, uh, they're the only people in the entire history of the Earth who look at people living in subsistence uh, levels and say, gee, wouldn't that be nice to import here? Um, <laughs> and this isn't a, it's not a knock on the people. It's a, it's a, it is a sense of there's an underlying belief amongst people on the, who are the uh, environmental left that the earth is finite. And because the earth is fine and we can define what that finite is. And because the earth is finite, we are going to, uh, we can't have as many people. And one of the great evils of the world is, has been that we've managed to allow places like Africa to have a lot more people because of some, because of industrialization and, and helping with foodstuffs and the like. And they far prefer us kind of the rough, rude subsistence existence that, you know, Sally Struthers for years appeared on television urging us to try to defeat. Mm-hmm. And it's a, um, and that's the that's what their dual secret is. Deindustrialization is an attempt to return us to, um, you know, a sticks and stones existence as opposed to a, um, you know, one where we are, we have freedom of travel, freedom of mobility, and right. freedom in general. Well, while freedom to move and freedom to travel in general would then be reserved to Klaus Schwab's of the world and uh, Al Gore, well, yeah. just well, like that, it, and Leonardo DiCaprio, it, it, the elites of the society or so-called elites. Well, that, 
and that and that gives you what you know the real real tell tell the tape is um the people who are leading the charge on this i'm not talking the the idiots who sit there and just mouth the words and don't understand what it means Klaus schwab has no intention of living a rude existence in a mud hut yeah, he's not. You mean he's not going to be eating the mealworm sandwich? The mealworms? Why not? The mealworms are delightful. They're tasty. Yeah. He he, <laughs> he might he might uh, he might sacrifice one or two, but the fact of the matter. Is, well, yeah, he'd go to generic caviar. That's how the elite right, would, uh, would generic, generic yeah, store well, bought uh, store brand caviar. Hmm. No, no, it, it has you know it has to be wild. Um, it'll oh. be all they they breach the dam so they can have wild salmon caviar. Got it. Um, the um, uh, that they, you know, from capturing the salmon and the like, which has the same effect. Anyway, the, um, no, I mean, we, it sounds almost, it sounds silly, but the fact of the matter is um, you have to believe them when they say they want to have, go to the net zero carbon, and net zero carbon in a, means that you don't, they have no plan for having enough electricity production at net zero carbon. They, when somebody sits there and tells you we want to limit the electricity production capacity, um, we want intermittent capacity rather than uh, dependable capacity. Yep. But at the same time, we want to dramatically increase the the usage, the draw on that capacity by making everybody have an electric car. Have an electric car as one example. When they say those two things, and you say that doesn't make any sense. You have to put yourself into their mindset because people don't do things that don't make sense. They do things that may not make sense to you because you're because you're operating on a on a you know one plus one doesn't equal two scale. They're operating on I we have an objective of limiting the population on this earth, and as a result, we are going to subject a certain percentage of the people to a mean existence that means that there will be fewer, more child deaths. There'll be, uh, you know, you'll live a shorter period of time. All right, so bottom line, net zero. All right, bottom line, uh, Rick Manning, net zero means uh, essentially killing humans. That's all it is. We, we need to kill some humans, and all the uh, leftists are doing, the Marxists are doing, is uh, trying to decide which ones are going to die for us. Well, not to be, not to bring it, back to other issues, but, you know, find a leftist who doesn't believe in abortion, and I'll tell you, I'll find you a leftist who doesn't sit there and say killing humans isn't okay. Okay, well, if they think humans are, if it's okay, if they need to go net zero to save the planet and kill humans in order to do that, and uh, they apparently are thinking that they're going to be the ones that survive, apparently, right? They'll survive the uh, energy starvation and deindustrialization. Is that kind of the plan as they see it, you think? Of course. Oh. Of course, nobody, nobody's volunteering to be the one who sits there and lives in the mud hut. Uh-huh. It's, it's all those, it's all those people who don't understand who need to be put under control that are going to live in the mud hut. And uh-huh. what they don't understand, of course, is you know the useful idiots are you know end up in the mud huts also. But maybe they they figure that they'll get uh, you know. Well, they won't have to eat grubs. They'll have. Well, as I well eat, as know. I like to say, though, it's kind of like <laughs> useful idiot. Come over here, comrade. Line up against wall, right? That, yeah. Well, okay. That, that, guess what? That's that's how it works. And but I mean, there are things. I'm, I'm going to. I can express some frustration on some stuff that's happening right now in DC. But the 
there are things that can be done to stop this. They haven't they haven't succeeded yet. We can know what you know. We have to be honest about what they want to do, and I'm I'm not going to have arguments with idiots anymore. Okay. My, okay. I, I, my life's too short to to waste my time. All right. So, what do you think will be an effective strategy? And I'm glad you brought up the fact that you have to understand that when they talk about net zero and pulling out all the dams, I had someone that wrote me the other day that I'm sure was well-meaning and said, Bill, your listeners are ignorant when they talk about uh, they're going to try to pull out the Lost Creek Dam and they're trying to, and, and which is uh, you know a federally owned dam uh, dam here on the Rogue River, uh, and uh, they're just going after the private dams you know, going back to the Klamath, and they're not going after the federal ones. And yet Cliff Benz is out there giving speeches right now because they're attacking the Snake River, for crying out loud. Come on, man. It's like there are still people that have their heads up their posterior on these issues from the environmental left. Let me give you a simple explanation on that, a simple answer. The federal dams, they already control. They can pull them down very easily with very little fight. The private dams are the ones they have the fight on because they don't own them. Okay? Understand, federal dams, the federal government, one administration can say, we're going to wipe out all the federal dams. You can have all the fights, but if they're federally owned and federally run facilities, the federal government has every right to say, we're not doing that anymore. Mm-hmm. Okay? So, exactly opposite. You have to, they, they're attacking the private dams. To create a lot reliant, so because they know they already have the capacity to take down the entire federal dam system, if they if they get a a political majority sufficient to sustain. So there you go, a, because it would take an act of Congress most of the time on these dams. But it, it you know, an act of Congress. Yeah, you get enough Marxists in Congress, though. There you go, gone. Well, and that's exactly right. So that's the you know. That's kind of not understanding how um, well, how the system works, and the the dams that are most protected under the law are the ones that the federal government doesn't control. Yeah, but our government uh, in Oregon and California ended up essentially giving a uh, sop to Warren Buffett, getting the feds then to allow him to transfer the licenses and the liability away from Pacific Power into a shell corporation which will most likely go bankrupt and then leave us with uh, cleanup costs here. You know, that's the plan. No, no there's, of course, um, it's mm-hmm. a, listen, uh, that's the second part of this, that, that when we talked about what needs to be, you know, the fight on this. Yeah. We, I'm going to go back to something I've talked about before. It, it fits in. Uh, the CEO of Chevron a couple of years came, ago came back from Davos um, and stated We'll never build another oil refinery in America, major oil refinery mm-hmm. in America. Now, Chevron owns a lot of oil refineries. It's in their business. It's in their interest to be able to refine oil so they can provide fuel. And the reason he said that was because government regulations get put in place that make it very expensive. And when you're, the president of the United States is saying things like, we're not, we're not going to have any gasoline-powered vehicles in 10 years or 12 years, 15 years, whatever it is, the, the recovery cost for building a new, a new oil refinery you know, is a 10- to 20-year process. So you have to have a foreseeable future where you're going to be able to be selling that fuel. And just the political threat 
of shutting down, of going all electric by by 2035, um, which will turn us to horse and carriage by 2036. Um, but just that threat is, in fact, takes takes the ability to finance a new refinery. And then the money goes away, and it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. And it's a right? self-fulfilling prophecy. Mm-hmm. And that is how they destroyed the coal, or have destroyed the coal industry by a regulation that was put in place in 2014 that the Supreme Court struck down in 2021 or 2022. But in the interim, all, the whole financing for coal-powered utilities went away. Hence, the, coal, the demand for coal went dramatically down, and there's no market to build a new coal-fired plant, no matter how clean it might be. As a result, the the primary market for the one resource we know we have 350 years worth of uh, worth of in the ground. I, I know where you're going. We got the coal, but it's going to China, isn't it? We, well, we we do have the, the coal that we do pull out of the ground is going to China. Yep. Um, and we're exporting it. And the truth of the matter is, it's probably not a bad thing we're exporting it if you if you're from an environmental perspective, because we have at least have the Colorado Rockies. Uh, low sulfur coal that we're able to pull out of there and China burns extremely high sulfur coal. That's what they have available to them. And from a, from a smog perspective, if you think it's one planet and it's, you know, yeah, that, and that's actually a positive. If you're looking at it, if you're going to burn, if you're going to burn coal, burn the clean coal, I guess that's true. So yeah, I get that. But how do you fight that? How do you believe we fight that? It's going to be, this is a big one. And I don't understand if people realize just how essentially anti-human and bloodthirsty the controlling powers are in this planet, not even just the United States of America right now. Well, on a, on a U.S. level, the way you fight it is um, we have the court case I just referred to opens the door to eliminate um, regulations which go beyond congressional intent. intent. And Congress can, in fact, with with one sweeping piece of legislation, wipe out hundreds of regulations that are strangling uh, energy development, that are forcing um, the kind of uh, environmental policies onto uh, corporations and into their boards of directors, um, and effectively the attempts by the left to take over, to Mm -hmm. control what was a capital system um, and turn it into a government, a government directed capital. I lost him again. Hang on, we'll get him back. I want, I, I want to get that there. Hi, KMD. Government, yeah, Rick Manning. Yeah, okay. Um, government controlled capital system that is um, that where political, where it isn't profit that drives <laughs> um, the flow of capital. But it's uh, government edicts and, and social social good, um, perceived social good that drives that, and, and that's a big fight we've been having in D.C. It's a fight we're going to continue to have. But and that's something which is going to take uh, some uh, change of the balance of power there, right? There's no doubt about well, that. Yeah. Well, we have to get more than two people, the two vote majority in the Senate, in the House, and we have to get a majority in the Senate, and you have to get the presidency. All right. Well, I'm glad to hear that. That we're we're going to work on that part of it. I, I want I want you guys to know. We can get that done, but you have to send, you know, you have to let your member of Congress who's fighting in the Snake River do a good thing there. Let him know that you need comprehensive, uh, you know, deregulation 
and a, an attack on the on the attempt to take over the capital system um, through diversity, equity, and inclusion uh, language. All right. Uh, Rick, before we take off, uh, a couple of things you've written on here. Uh, you write on DailyTorch.com, you know, the website for Americans for Limited right. Government, why Alejandro Mayorkas wasn't impeached the first time and why he should be convicted. Now, I think we understand why he why he should be convicted, certainly. And uh, why wasn't he impeached the first time, you think? Well, it's really weird. There is a... Um, he was making some deals with some of the with the textile group um, about trying. Just recently, he, he woke up and discovered that there's China that there are slave uh, textiles made by slaves in China, and a textile group approached him and wanted him to do something about it. And, and okay, over- wanted who wanted who to do something? My orcas well, to do something about it? My orcas. Yeah, okay, we have some laws in place that don't allow trade and it was uh, through slave slavers. And yeah. one of the people, one of the members who was uh, chairman of a, the China committee, um, it appears was influenced by the fact Mayorkas had promised to do something about uh, slavers in China and chose and said, gee, that's he's going to do something good over here. So we don't want to um, we don't want to impeach him. Um, you know, the, the obvious point is in, in a real world is that. He's had three. This is not new. These are things that we've been yelling about for years. He ignored. He's ignored the problem for three years. He's not going to start doing anything about it. As if the Biden-China policy isn't driven by things far beyond Mayorkas's control, and it is a and you know so. But there was a you know once again in D.C. There's a zillion interest groups, and they all interject into. Uh, into the into the process, and you kind of, for sidebar reasons that have nothing to do really with the guy's basic failure to do his job, um, you end up with members saying, well, gee, this is important to me, and, and mm. some people who have some significant dollars to contribute and the like of, you know, or have asked me to do this, and they can ju- and they justify it, and, you know, so it's... It's just a lot. I really wrote it because it's the, it gives you an insight into how things aren't ever clear cut. Okay, it's it's a heck of a lot harder to get everybody to agree because there's always always people who have a vested interest about do getting something else done, and it's a and you know they pay lobbyists too, and it's a you know so. Ironically, the thing I learned in Washington D.C. more than anything is the only people who don't have lobbyists are the American people. Mm-hmm. And that's not to say lobbyists are bad. Lobbyists are giving information; they're they're representing interests. And with a giant government, you better have somebody representing your interests. And that's the problem. The American people um, on things that are just common sense things don't have people who are walking the halls on a daily basis saying, you know, we want you to do this. And that's why. Is imperative that when I say contact your congressman, if anything bothers you, contact your congressman. You have to be your own lobbyist, and you have to be noisy about it. I'm not I'm not saying impolite, not saying like screaming at people, but I'm saying you have to engage the process. And if and if Cliff Bentz does something that you like, let him know. If he does something that you're not so happy with, let him know. As an example, well, and, right? And if you read about something and it's important to you, and you say, "Hey, 
I really, the border matters. Okay, let's just use the border. Right. Um, or what we just talked about, the deconstruction, the deindustrialization of America matters. It is contact his office and say, or if you're, you've got another congressperson in the, in the area you're familiar with and know, contact them and say, this is important to, uh, to me. It's important to my children. They're destroying the future of America. I need you to stand up and fight on this. And, you know, well, who, and then you can refer them to, you know, any number of groups. You can refer them to my group, and they'll have a staffer call over and, you know, I'll sit down and I'll go over the different things with them. But it is, but don't rely on the member to know everything because they don't. And they can't possibly know everything. They're one and, person and, out, of, out of 435. And in the, and in the you know? House, the average House staff person is under the age of 28. And probably under the age of twenty-five, truthfully. So it is a so don't expect them to know anything. You know, it's a we have you are the one. The reason we do America's Philippine Government. The reason I put out Daily Torch is so people can can get information. They can look up links. They can become informed. And if it's something they care about, they can then take action on it and become a citizen lobbyist. That is our purpose. I, they, Congress gets the same articles. They don't always read them, but they do. But they do get them. We get a lot of opens in Congress mm-hmm. on our stuff. So we do have people who are reading it. But it is important that that individuals who care, who are actual constituents, on an issue, if it says this is something that's worth making a phone call, make the phone call. And it is. And but be prepared with what you're going to say. Give a, a one pair of your elevators pitch. Mm-hmm. Give them an elevator pitch, why it matters, what the bill is or what the concern is, what the, what the elevator, why it matters to you, how it affects things, and what you're, and specifically what you're asking them to do. And what you're asking them to do is, can be as simple as, I, really, I read this article by, the, by this group, could be Heritage Foundation, I don't care who. And I really, I'm going to send it to you, and I really want you to sit down with somebody over there and talk to them about it. So you can become informed and, and discover if this is real concern or not. Rick, I appreciate the call and uh, the analysis on this uh, on becoming a citizen activist and not just you know yelling about something, but actually getting with the process. That is the that is the only way you have an effect on it right now. And what I like about Daily Torch is that you really do have smart headlines, unlike uh, this dumb one. You know what the dumbest headline of the week is? And I'm I'm going to give this award. Do you know? Do you have an idea which uh, headline it is? Dumbest headline. Okay. There's a I, lot of. I see so many. Okay. I see so many. <laughs> uh, yeah. WallStreetJournal.com today. Front page the other day. Immigration wave delivers economic windfall. But there's a catch. And they're <gasps> talking about. You're coughing, right? Yeah. Yeah, I'm laughing. <laughs> I'm coughing because you made me laugh. <laughs> but there's a catch. Is there a catch? Yeah. It's costing us $35,000 a year for every single one of them. That's right. <laughs> Minor catch, but the economy's getting bigger, and it's and of course they government spending. I know because they count government spending. Rick, love it. Good old Wall Street Journal. Okay, good old Wall Street Journal. That 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 scion of capitalism, where the economy gets bigger because the government spends more. Yeah, yes, us indeed. Uh, It's seven after seven. Rick, thanks for the talk. We'll catch you next Friday, and always good. DailyTorch.com. Go there and see the smart headlines. Okay, we appreciate that. Rick Manning, president of Americans Limited Government, uh, for limited government, rather.
7 after 7, KMED, KMED, HD1, Eagle Point, Medford, KCMD, Grants Pass, Town Hall News next. And then we have open phones here on Find Your Phone Friday.